Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. This is Life Over Coffee. This is the podcast where we deal with relevant topics that are pertaining to you. If you drink coffee, grab your coffee and let's talk about Life Over Coffee. This is episode 147. The title, the title of this podcast is Who You Are Affects Your Relationships. The person that you are on the inside has an effect on your relationships, the behaviors that you exhibit, the words that you use. As we know, Luke 6.45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so the things that we say and the activities, the things that we do come from the inside. So when you are helping someone, you want to get to the heart of it all. You want to get to the core issues. And so what I have done in this podcast, episode 147, if you have the time, go to our website, rickthomas.net, and you can look at a mind map that I've created. I was talking with a friend recently, and we were talking about relationships and particularly how uh, young dating couples, how they interact with each other. And after that delightful and instructive conversation that I had with my friend, I sat down and I developed a detailed mind map and and I thought this would be good to put in a podcast, and so that's what I want to do here. I will walk you through the mind map the best that I can, but again, if you do have time, go to episode 147 in our Life Over Coffee series, Who You Are Affects Your Relationships, and you can visually look at this mind map. Now, if you are a parent with uh, children that are in that stage of liking the opposite sex and they're thinking about dating and having relationships. If you are at that stage where you have a child that maybe is planning to get married, this will be an excellent podcast for them. It's one of the best things, and I know it's one of the hardest things for them to do because once you're in a relationship, it takes a super mature individual to pump the brakes on the relationship once they are in it, even if they see, especially if they see things that aren't right. If you are a discipler, if you are a counselor, if you're providing care for these teenage relationships, it would be good for them to listen to this podcast. It would be excellent for them to look at this mind map and you talk through it with them. It could save them a ton of, of future heartbreak. I do marriage counseling almost for a living. I do a lot of other things, but typically the people that come to me for the most part are in bad marriages. And that's why they come. Their relationship has broken down. And often it's after many years. They, they wait till the last minute. They wait until they're just so frustrated. They wait till they can't do anything else and they just have to get help. But at that point, it's really hard to put the toothpaste back into the tube. It's really hard to fix something that, 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 that is that broken. Now, God has restored many relationships, but it's hard. And one of the best things that an individual could do is before they ever get married, before they start the dating process, when they show interest in 
another individual is that they consider some of the things that I want to outline here in this podcast. I, I wish I had a, a larger megaphone. I wish I could stand on the world's tallest mountain and just blare out to every person that wants to have a relationship with someone dating to marriage and and, and share some of the things that I want to share in this podcast because it could stop a lot of future heartbreak. But again, it's really on you. Young person, if you're listening to me today, it is on you. You're the one that is going to have to make the decision, am I going to be mature? Am I going to do the right thing? Or are my desires, <clears throat> excuse me, are my desires and passions are going to run so far out ahead of common sense that I'm going to do the wrong thing because that's what I want. Well, if, if that's what you do, then there is a strong chance that you're going to have a lot of heartbreak in your future. What I want you to examine is I want you to examine the other per You can examine yourself as well. But if you're in a dating relationship, I want you to take heed to the person that you are dating. And so, young lady, if you're uh, dating a, a young man, now this can also apply for 35-year-old for people and 55-year-old people and, and the widower who's getting married again. It really doesn't matter, but if you are going to enter into a long-term relationship, we're talking marriage here, you really need to consider the things that I am uh, talking about. If you want to reach me, if you want to discuss any of these things, I would, I would love to talk to you about it. Go to our website, rickthomas.net. We have just launched our Next Generation website. Over the past several days, uh, we have been working feverishly for many months now to uh, get a new website to accommodate uh, the growing traffic to our ministry. We just we have just outgrown ourselves is what it amounts to. And so we've had to, this has been a two-year plan. It's been a talking point for two years now, and it has finally come to fruition. And so we do have a new website that you can go on. It's better than the previous website. The address is still the same, rickthomas.net. And if you want to talk, we have free community forums that you can jump on. You'll need to create your username and password if you don't already have one. We have thousands upon thousands of people who have their username and password. But if you're new and you don't, well, you need to create one. That's the only way to access the forums, and the forums are free to you. There's no cost for the username or the password. There's no cost to get on the forums, the community forums, and talk. And you can talk directly to me, and you can talk to our team as well. And we would be glad to serve you. I was talking to my friend Alex yesterday, and he said uh, the maybe the first time or one of the first times that he posted on the forum, he said, you responded to me. He said, I was surprised that like the head of the organization actually talks <laughs> talks to the people, and I was surprised. Well, that's... That's a cornerstone to our ministry, is that we are an interactive ministry. We're not just pushing resources out there in a detached kind of way, and, and you fend for yourselves, but we want to walk you through uh, the resources that we have. So when I put this, when this podcast goes out, people listen to it, and if they have questions and they can talk to us about it, then that would be fantastic. That is the heart of our ministry. 
Now, the reason that we're able to do that is because we have people who support us. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we have people that value what we do. They believe in what we do, and they say, hey, we want to support, and you can do that for as little as $5. Let me give you just a brief list of our most recent supporters. James, thank you for your $5 recurring every month. David, $5 recurring every month. Timothy, Thank you for your $10 recurring membership to our site. Teresa, $5 recurring membership. Steve, $10 recurring every month. Michelle, $50 a year. Thank you so much, Michelle, for supporting our ministry. Dave, $50 every year. Thank you for your membership. Those are just a few of the folks that have come over the last few days to support our ministry. Deborah, thank you for your $100 a year supporting membership as well. These are the people that make it possible for you to come to our ministry and to enjoy our resources freely, and we we are glad to be able to do that. So don't be shy. Don't be inhibited. Get on our forums and ask questions. Ask about this podcast here. Again, this is episode number 147, episode 147, titled Who You Are Affects Relationships. Because what happens in relationships when people meet, they meet externally. They observe each other externally. They like uh, the external relationship, the way he smiles, the way he talks, his his mood, his vibe, his behavior, or her looks, or, or whatever it may be. And that's okay. We should be attracted behaviorally to the people uh, that we are pursuing, and hopefully we're going to marry someday. That's how it starts. But if that is all that you have in the relationship, is if that is all that you see, if that's all you perceive, skin deep, if that's it, uh, then you, you're in a precarious place. And you need to know who the person really is. Now, there are ways that you can do that. And again, I have a mind map here that you can walk through, visually look at. And so when someone comes to me, let's say they're married, they've been married for 15 years and the marriage is blowing up. They have children, he's working a job, she's a stay-at-home mom, which is quite common, a a scenario, and they really dislike each other. They come to marriage counseling, and then we start working things back. And what I want to try to understand with, with this couple is who are these people? Now, here's a common theme that will bleed through their entire lives. Whoever they are today is some version of who they have always been. And so one of the things that I try to discern, if I'm to, let, let's say that I'm talking to uh, a couple in pre-marriage counseling, Uh, I want to find out who this person is because this is what I know, who they are right now in the dating relationship. They're going to be that 15-year married couple, and that marriage is either going to be good or bad, one or the other. But that common thread is, is what's going to run through there. So let's say that you have two anchor points. One anchor point is the dating relationship, and the other anchor point is 15 years out in the marriage relationship. There will be a, a, a solid line that will connect those two anchor points. And that solid line will be the character of the individual that you 
were dating and now you're married and now you're in a 15-year marriage with the person that you do not like. There will be common patterns and themes in his or her life. Now, I want to give you a list of things that you want to look for in the individual that you are thinking about marrying. Again, marrying, and then again, if if you're counseling, if you're doing premarriage counseling, if you're a disciple, if you're a parent, these are things that you want to draw attention. You want to draw to the attention of the person that you're trying to help, and just pray that the Spirit of God will eliminate their minds, and they will get a clue, and they'll be able to see these things. They can see past the passion. They can see past their desires. They can see past this love thing that they they have going on. Uh, because if their minds are so clouded by love and by what they want, they will miss these things. And again, they will get 15, well, it'll be a lot sooner than that. They'll get five years down the road, 10 years down the road, and, and they'll really be struggling in their marriage. And so one of the things that, well, let me just read them out to you. The things, uh, the, the core elements that make up a person's life. This is not an exhaustive list. I'll read them out to you, and then I'll come back and I'll talk about some of them, but not all of them because it's quite the list. Shaping influences, capacity, their worldview, their attitudes, their training, their characteristics, their thoughts, their motives, their intentions, their gifting, their IQ, and their Adamic fallenness. That is a short list of some of the things that you want to discern with the individual that you are thinking about dating or that you are dating. These are character issues. These are core internal elements that makes up who this person is. Now, shaping influences, for example, uh, shaping influences are the things that have shaped this individual over 15, 18, 20 years of their lives. There are many different shaping influences. The culture that you live in is a shaping influence. I'm from the South. I have been shaped by the Southern culture, which is different from the Northern culture or the Western culture. We do a lot of traveling, and we, we get to interact with people all over the United States. And I can tell you that people from different parts of the United States act differently and think differently. I mean, just recently, I, a lady was talking to me in the hotel, and I didn't understand what she was saying. <laughs> and I said, I said, ma'am. Now, the, what that means when you say ma'am to a person in the South, there is a question mark on the other end of it. And what it means is uh, perhaps you would say, pardon me, or come again, or excuse me, or I didn't hear you. Would you repeat what you just said? I said, ma'am, and if eyes could kill, I think I would be dead. She gave me uh, some, some uh, piercing eyes and, and a little bit inquisitive as she didn't know what I was saying. And she seemed a little bit put out by it, but she didn't understand because I was reared. Let's just put it this way. I'm not from around here, and that's pretty much what she was thinking. But we're all shaped differently, not just by your culture. Your parents have shaped you. And so if you're dating someone, you want to uh, try to understand who the parents are and how the parents have taught them, trained them, interacted with them. Now, there are many other shaping influences uh, their academic uh, school background. Uh, there's a long list of shaping influences. Another one that I've listed here is their capacity, uh, how, how uh, gifted they are. You could look at it like a, 
a quart container, a gallon container, or a five-gallon container. Everybody has a different capacity. We're not the same, and part of this is the IQ that I mentioned earlier. Your IQ, for example, will make a big difference in the kind of person that you are. And I know that people uh, talk about equality, but the truth is we're not equal. Everybody is different. Everybody has different shaping influences, different capacities, different IQ, different ways of thinking about things. Of course, we're all fallen in Adam, and that's one of the big pieces here, our Adamic fallenness. But we're also uniquely fallen. Everybody is fallen in a different way, even though we're all fallen in Adam. And you need to understand this because who that person is is going to work out in one or two ways. It's going to have a Godward orientation or it's going to have a selfish orientation. Those are the two possible possibilities with an individual. So all the child's shaping influences, capacity, worldview, attitudes, training, characteristics, thoughts, motives, intentions, gifting, IQ, and Adamic fallenness, all of that can be mixed together, and this person can come out the other end as far as their words and attitudes and behaviors as a Godward orientation. You can have a God-centered individual, of course, that would mean that God has imposed himself in this person's life and is now controlling this individual's life, and he has or she has a Godward orientation. Or it could be that the person that you are dating has a selfish orientation. Now, here's the possibility. Well, here's the truth. Here's the fact. The person that you're dating is going to be a mixture of both. Nobody has a 100% pure Godward orientation, and nobody has a 100% selfish orientation. I mean, as the Bible teaches, God reigns. His reign comes down on the just and the unjust. We call this common grace with those who uh, do not know the Lord. They have the ability to do kind things, to do good things. And then, of course, who has a person who has been made a believer, they have been born again, well, they obviously have the ability to do good things, but whether the person is a Christian or not a Christian, there will be a mixture of these two ideas, a Godward orientation or a selfish orientation. Now, what you have to discern is which one is predominant, not just predominant, but also the trajectory, the direction that this person is heading. Now, if the person is not born again, well, there is a built-in limitation as to what this person can do and who this person is going to be because this individual has no power. Uh, God is not shining his favor down on this individual, and he may have, he may be a kind person to a degree, but ultimately he will be predominantly selfish because he hasn't been born again. He'll have a predominant selfish orientation. But then you can have a Christian, a person who has been regenerated. Hopefully he has or she has a predominant Godward orientation. Now, I want to walk through some of the practical manifestations of a Godward orientation and a selfish orientation, and you can look at this on the mind map, episode 147, who you are, 
affects your relationships, who you are, your shaping influences, capacity, worldview, attitudes, training, characteristics, and so forth and so on that I've talked about earlier. It will affect those people around you. Here are some of the indicators or the manifestations of a Godward orientation. You will recognize these. I'll tell you where I got them from after I read the list to you, but you'll recognize them. A person who loves God more than anything else will be characterized with these things here. They'll be a hopeful person. They'll walk in truth. They will not be jealous. They will not be irritable. They will not boast. They will be forbearing. They will exercise self-control. They will be kind. They'll be loving, gentle, patient. They'll be full of joy and peace and goodness. Faithfulness, they will not be resentful. They will not envy. They will love truth, and they will be an enduring kind of person. Now, you recognize where that came from. The two texts that I was reading here are 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6, and Galat- or 4 through 8, and Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Galatians 5 is the fruit of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. In those two passages, we get a template for what Jesus, what Christ-likeness looks like. Hopeful, walks in truth, not irritable, not jealous, not boasting, forbearing, self-control, kind, loving, gentle, patient, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, not resentful, doesn't envy, loves truth, and is enduring. Now, nobody's going to do that perfect. Uh, When I say that the person is kind or when I say the person is not irritable, I am not saying that they're they're nailing this 100% of the time because nobody is going to nail this 100% of the time because on our best day, we still are fallen to varying degrees. We have not attained perfection in this life, and we never will. But what you're looking for is a predominant characteristic of this person. Is this person usually kind, most of the time kind? Is this person most of the time gentle, most of the time patient, most of the time not irritable? Their Godward orientation should be the most dominant feature in their life. Now, if their Godward orientation is the most dominant feature, then there's a good chance that they're going to affect people positively. And if you marry someone like this who is predominantly characterized by the things that are in this list here, well, there's a good chance that things can go well for you. But because we are not perfected in this life, because we still have elements of fallenness in us, we do sin, meaning we have a selfish orientation. I want to read to you a list of a few things that would make up a selfish orientation in an individual. Manifestations of selfishness in a person's life. If you see these characteristics, if you see these patterns, in fact, that's that's the way that you want to think about it. Is it an episode or is it a pattern? And so if a person's irritable, for example, is it episodic? meaning he was irritable today and he was irritable two days from now. Those are episodes, which is far different than, like, dude, he's irritable all the time. He wakes up irritable. He's irritable throughout his day. He's irritable at night. 
that's a pattern. And that's how you want to discern the person that you're interacting with. You can overlook a lot of stuff if that's not the pattern, the general pattern in their life. But I want to read to you the list of selfish characteristics in a person's life. And if these are patterns in their life, then walk away. Stay away. Danger. Warning. Do not build a relationship with this individual that's going toward uh, a covenant, a marriage covenant. Here's the list. Not exhaustive. A short list. Passivity. Aggression. The other side of passivity. Laziness. Laziness and passivity are not necessarily the same things. Uh, laziness can be just a selfish person who doesn't want to do X, Y, and Z. Passivity could be motivated differently by fear, for example. A lot of passive people struggle with fear, so they look passive on the outside, but fear is what controls them, and that's why they don't step out and do things. Is he or she passive or aggressive, lazy, rejecting God, an ignorant person, uh, rationalization, discontentedness, manipulation, idolatry, poor leadership, self-love, unbelief, escapes, deceptions, disrespect, conscience dulling, a person with a dull conscience, arrogance, a person who minimizes God's word, self-centeredness, an impatient person, and a lustful person. Dating person, dating individual, I'm talking to you. Think about the person that you're dating. Look at this mind map. Look at the list of things here that represent a Godward orientation. And ask yourself, is the person that I'm dating, are these the patterns in this individual's life? And if they are not, Walk away. Look at the selfish orientation list. If you see recurring patterns here, walk away. Now, it could be put the relationship on pause. Break up or stop. Pause. Or maybe you do need to walk away. But do not go any farther until you have examined these things thoroughly. And if you... If your mind is so clouded at this point to where you can't see straight, may God give you enough sense to talk to somebody else who's more objective than you are, someone who's not so close to the situation, who can see these things, and ask them to give you their honest assessment about these things. Because if you push through the barrier you're going to go into a ravine. Do not think that you're any different from the zillions of other people who have broken down the barriers and went off the cliff because they would not pump the brakes on the relationship because these general patterns were in the life of the individual that they were dating. This is episode number 147. The title of it is, Who You Are Affects Your Relationship. Who the person is that you are dating. 
they will have a mixture of a Godward orientation and a selfish orientation. There will be a mixture. You're not going to marry Jesus. <laughs> that person doesn't exist. All of us who are born in Adam have Adamic tendencies. We have imperfections. You're not going to make it through your day sinless, more than likely, and you absolutely aren't going to make it through a week sinless, but you want to discern, are these episodic events in my life where I'm sinning, but I'm generally characterized as a Christ-centered person. Now, if that's the person you have on the line, then go for it. Marry that person. Marry them soon, quickly. But if that's not the person, if you have red flags that are popping up in your field of view, uh, then my appeal could not be any stronger. You need to minimally pause the relationship because you don't want to be that 15-year married person and you are so angry. Or what we get in our ministry so often are people who are trapped, predominantly women, who are trapped in relationships that they long to get out of, but they can't get out of for various reasons you don't want to be that person. And so take the time, uh, talk to a friend, and ask them to help you examine your relationship. Be that mature to, uh, to invite someone else into your life. And if you would allow us, we would love to chat with you too. Let's talk. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.